0: This was recorded Tuesday uh, morning, August 12th, 2014. Yesterday at work was like any other on a Monday evening for me. Uh, In my current position, I do a little bit of this and that, monitor a call center queue, make sure that we're on the up and up, making sure that no one is doing something they really shouldn't do, you know, like set fire to the place. But we were still talking and having interesting conversations like we always do in between calls and, you know, in between the... in between the minuscule stuff. It was a typical night court a term my former boss once said of our night shift group, talking about the sincerity of anime, why Iron Man 3 sucked, or in my opinion did not, and lately the big thing was Guardians of the Galaxy and the new horrific Ninja Turtle movie. Yet my coworker, looking up at another random fact that we were discussing that I, I just now cannot fathom to remember, he then said Robin Williams had died. Now, this has happened before, and instantly I felt angry. I just hate these goddamn internet rumors, you know? Every other moment, it's something familiar. Jeff Goldblum is dead. You know, somebody else is dead. No, they're not fucking dead. But another coworker went on his break immediately and checked Entertainment Weekly, EW.com. They also had it. I went on break as well and quickly checked CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, but they did not. Something was fishy here. But the real source for me would be NickyFink.com. Nicky Fink, for those who are not in the know, was the creator of Deadline Hollywood, a site akin to another favorite of mine, Slash Film or Ain't It Cool News, but was more about the power and money struggles of Hollywood as well, besides the other cool geeky stuff. But an overall film, TV, entertainment geek as myself, not just on the screen but behind the screen, Nicky Fink's new website by Nicky Fink herself is the end-all, be-all to me. If she had it before anyone else, I knew it would be true. It was true. The front page loaded up with Robin Williams dead at 63, breaking exclusive news, and my stomach instantly got queasy, and and I then confirmed it with the rest of the room, as the entire room grew very silent. After a few minutes, someone made a joke, trying to ease the tension that, hey, maybe he he did it because they canceled his TV show. It just wasn't funny. I I was sure to quickly tell him that his idea to line the room up wasn't cutting the mustard. In retrospect, then again, maybe Robin Williams himself would have found it funny, maybe adding, yeah, but they renewed the millers. From a young age, there were certain entertainers I just loved, and I, I... I don't even know how I saw Robin Williams and his comedy. I, 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 I just remember I've seen his comedy, and I just knew he was uh, maniacally insane in the best way possible when performing. But not only that, underneath that performance, there was a real sense of brilliance, understanding of the world, both in, in political and non-political commentary, and, and also a lot of heart, yet also something dark. It was what made me adore Robin Williams, something fierce. My co-host and good friend Jimmy is even affected this morning. He tweeted, uh, usually celebrity deaths don't affect me. They're sad, sure, like any death, but it's not like I knew them. Robin Williams is the exception. A lot of people in the past few years or so, I remember the crazy ones came out, and these people were on the I Hate Robin Williams bandwagon. With their Mrs. Doubtfire was funny, but, but now it's just so lame. The last good thing he did about was 20 years ago, followed by another favorite of mine. Robin Williams is a fucking hack. He just runs around making shit up that just isn't funny. Or RV was a piece of shit, and all his films now are just, or you realize, are a piece of shit. You know, it's so funny to hear these people and see them. Not just people I know, um, but also people who... Uh, it's mostly people on Twitter and other people in, in the industry. The, They're now going, oh my God, Robbie Williams, rest in peace. A huge talent, Robbie Williams. He will be missed. I love Robbie Williams always. He's never made a bad film and all this and that. It pisses me off. It, 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 it fuck you. I want to get that out there. You know who you are. It isn't Jimmy, by the way. I should I'd preface. That. I know that sort of uh, comes off wrong. Um, that is not what I meant by that, but. Um, I mean, even Jimmy is affected by this, but then it bothers me that other people, um, unlike Jimmy and I, who, you know, realize that... And what I mean by that is, Jimmy and I are both people that get it. You know what I mean? But, But the problem is, in today's society, we are so drawn towards the idea of, one movie isn't to our taste, then, you know, fuck that actor and actress in their entire fucking career. Like Ben Affleck. Okay, look. He's done some good movies. He makes some bad movies, too, but so does everyone. But but people fucking hate him for it. You know, not just the movie of choice in particular, but they hate the actor, and they call everything that he's actually good in. It's a career, like he's, his whole career is flawed and bad and hackney, and that's, it's not about Affleck, and I know that, but I mean, he's another example, he's the only other example I can think of right now. And again, Robin has had way more successes than Affleck as well, and he's much more respected, I think, in the community, but at the same time, it's something just as similar, um, it, 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 in smaller ways. But it just—I just, just don't—I don't understand that part of our culture that does that. Um, I remember the movie RV, and people really shit on Robin Williams for that. And then they also, like, it was a huge hit. But everyone shot on Night at the Museum too. And then, of course, its sequels, saying you know Robin Williams couldn't get anything, so he. He did this. Granted, he's like the best part of the movie, but his career, I mean, he's stupid in it, and he shouldn't have done it. It's a shitty movie, and all this other stuff. And there are other movies sort of like that. And I, and I just don't get them, these people, at all. Like, were those particular movies my cup of tea? Ultimately, no. But Jimmy and I both realized that they didn't mean Williams and his surrounding actors and actresses didn't try their damnedest. You know, no one, no one signs up to make a shitty film. Sometimes it may have been a paycheck film, sure, sure. Sometimes, uh, though, that everything just lines up just right. The lightning in the bottle that was there for other films like The Fisher King or Cadillac Man might not have been there for RV. And that's okay, you know what I mean? Like, for example, one film that I absolutely love is one of my favorite comedies, but um, and it's dark, I mean, it's really, really dark, and it's really funny but it just didn't catch on with audiences, is the film Death to Smoochie. I love that movie. Robin Williams is an inspiration in that. He not only is manically impressive in so many ways, but he adds real heart to a crazy guy. Um, It's just so damn impressive to watch every actor in that film work. And it's funny, too, in the most darkest way possible. But at the end of the day, my favorite film hands down with Williams and continues to be and will always be and it it's continued to be in my top five movies of all time. It's Goodwill Hunting. This movie came out I think my junior year, and I didn't see it till I think maybe the summer of my junior and senior year. And my senior year, I will admit, uh, not to make this a little bit about me, but I mean this is how this is how people relate to movies and actors sometimes. They see and think is I've loved Robin Williams my entire life. I love the genie in in Aladdin. I should you know, everyone does, and and you know, uh, the genie in Aladdin was it was fun for me because I I liked doing stuff like that. I liked doing silly voices. That's one of the reasons why I liked Robin Williams. He he felt like me. Like he was sometimes always on and just couldn't shut off. And um, back then in school, I was always sort of made fun for it. And uh, do that. Add the fact that I'm a music geek in a town, which is you know go football, go sports. And then off of that, I'm like you know I'm really really fucking obese. It it just you know, I I had a dark cloud over my head and um for whatever reason, uh the film Goodwill Hunting it just spoke to me uh that summer. And um and most of it though is because of Robin Williams' performance. You know, I I wanted to root for Matt Damon's will hunting, but he was an asshole. The person you that you really got to care about first really was 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 Sean, Robin Williams' character. I adore that movie on so many levels that it speaks to me emotionally in ways I can't really say. That I don't, I don't think I truly grasp in which ways they 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 just you know get to me, and part of that also is the writing. I won't lie, that's also the writing, but Williams tr- make transcends the writing into something else, something human, something real, with pathos, like a, like a normal human being. For those who have never seen *Good Will Hunting* before, Sean, his character, is a therapist who takes on the ignat a. Uh, ign- ignatic I'm not saying that right but you know what I mean um, super smart but also troubled boy will hunting played by Matt Damon and every other therapist which is part of his parole um, you know he must take therapy but every other therapist can't deal with him but Sean can because he's from the same neighborhood Southie that, that will is and uh, I mean it's one of the most it's one of the best acting bits that that Matt Damon's ever done too where he just in the introduction he rips Sean apart. You know, says, Yeah, you're you're like an old man in the sea, you know, you you lost everything. You lost your wife, you lost whatever. All so, oh, as you do, she must have fucking cheated on you. That's what she must have I, I I'm not gonna do it justice, but the but he and he almost loses it too. But he's like, you know what? No, I'm gonna help this boy. And um that's one of the most beautiful and heartbreaking speeches in the entire thing. It's the Oscar speech. It's the they read it for him, I think, the day of because uh, the original thing, I think, was there. If I remember from the commentary, it just didn't really feel complete. It just felt too quick. And so, Ben and Matt quickly, with Walt well, Williams, worked out this little thing and they gave it to him. Um, some of the facts on that might be a little off, but I do know that, that it wasn't written originally that way. They, they added it a day or so, or the day of uh, filming. And Williams knocked it out of the park. And it's one of my favorite moments in the film another moment of the film that I really like is everyone sort of contemplating the choices they've made or they are making and one of them is Robin Williams' character just looking at a glass of alcohol of whiskey or something to that effect and just staring it down It, and it feels like the glass is taller than him and I know we all have moments like that where something just feels so insurmountable that even though It's just a fucking glass. It feels bigger than all of us. Again, that's some of the the filmmaking aspect of it, but William's performance of it just, it breaks my heart then, it breaks my heart now. So, you know, and I say this, and I hope this doesn't disrespect people who love John Lennon, but Robin Williams was a bit like John Lennon in the comedy world. He, he took his own life, but at the same time, I mean, it's such a huge impact. And I don't think we have a lot of people like that in today's society. And it's it's heartbreaking, yes, but it's it's so rare to find someone like that. You know, every kid my age grew up watching Hook. Uh, every, all my parents remember Mork and Mindy in um, Comic Relief. Uh, kids younger than me will probably remember Night at the Museum, or and every child and parent will remember the movie Aladdin. You know, and, and we will all remember that we never had a friend like me. Or in this case Robin Williams. It's heartbreaking to me, and I'm really sorry that I'm just putting this out there. and I'm being a big, big man baby, but whatever. I don't really care. but yeah it 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 affects me so <clears throat> yeah, I'm a big man baby there's my man cards on the table uh I am going to play something um and uh and this is one of my favorite scenes from goodwill hunting and the audio from it so i wanna i wanna play that for you um here. really nice.
1: You got to think for swans? Is this like a fetish? It's something like maybe we need to devote some time to? I thought about what you said to me the other day. About my painting. I uh. stood up half the night thinking about it. Something occurred to me. I fell into a deep, peaceful sleep and I haven't thought about you since. You know what occurred to me? No. You're just a kid. You don't have the faintest idea what you're talking about. Why, thank you. It's all right. You've never been out of Boston? Nope. So if I asked you about art, you'd probably give me the skinny on every art book ever written. Michelangelo. You know a lot about him. Life's work, political aspirations, him and the Pope, sexual orientation, the whole works, right? But you can't tell me what it smells like in the Sistine Chapel. You've never actually stood there and looked up at that beautiful ceiling. Seen that. If I ask you about women, probably give me a silver, say your personal favorites. You may have even been laid a few times. You can't tell me what it feels like to wake up next to a woman and feel truly happy. You're a tough kid. When I ask you about war, you'd probably uh, throw Shakespeare at me, right? Once more into the breach, dear friends. But you've never been near one. You've never held your best friend's head in your lap. You watch him gasp his last breath, looking to you for- ask you about love, I could quote me a sonnet. You've never looked at a woman and been totally vulnerable. Known someone that could level you with her eyes. Feeling like God put an angel on earth just for you. Who could rescue you from the depths of hell. And you wouldn't know what it's like to be her angel. To have that love for her be there forever. Through anything. Cancer. And you wouldn't know about sleeping sitting up in a hospital room for two months holding her hand because the doctors could see in your eyes that the terms visiting hours don't apply to you. You don't know about real loss because that only occurs when you love something more than you love yourself. I doubt you've ever dared to love anybody that much. I look at you, I don't see an intelligent, confident man. I see a cocky, scared, shitless kid. But you're a genius, Will. No one denies that. No one could possibly understand the depths of you. But you presume to know everything about me because you saw a painting of mine and you ripped my fucking life apart. You're an orphan, right? I think I'd know the first thing about how hard your life has been, how you feel, who you are. Because I read Oliver Twist. Does that encapsulate you? Personally. I don't give a shit about all that because you know what? I can't learn anything from you. I can't read in some fucking book. Unless you want to talk about you, who you are. I'm fascinated. I'm in. But you don't want to do that, do you, sport? You're terrified of what you might say. Your move, chief.
0: has a fantastic scene. It's one of my favorite scenes, and it's so beautifully written by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, but Robin Williams, you know, just just sells it. It's, it's one of the linchpins of the movie, really. You know, Monday, the day uh, that Robin Williams passed and we got around, I remember on my lunch break, usually I, at work, get something to eat or go get my car or both, and then I repark it closer. And this is the normal function like it is every other day. And being that I also got a new car, for those who listen to my podcast may know, I, I, I love it dearly. One of the functions that I really love is the Bluetooth, which you know, which means if your phone or iPod has Bluetooth connection, you it automatically, you know, um, if I automatically start my car, my car started, it automatically syncs up to my phone or iPod and it just starts playing. And of course that night, Robin's death was on my mind as I walked to my car. I mean, it has and still does affected me deeply. And, and when I got in the car after hitting the car starter, the song started, and an odd memory hit my brain like they always do, as my iPod on shuffle played the song. And of course, it was of, of that previous scene with Goodwill Hunting. And uh, the song was played was this. <laughs>
2: When you go Dragon clouds so high above I've only known careless love It's always hit me from below This time it's more correct Right on target, so direct You're gonna make me lonesome when you go
0: song for some reason it felt it made me made me a little bit more sad yes but in just a very different uplifting way I I try to since learn the ways of the podcasting world try not to put full clips like you know the the scene from Good Will Hunting or the previous song um, unless it's for public publicity for the thing I guess this is publicity but not in a way I think is is is, is worthy because it's copyright but um, I'm not gonna lie guys I, I I just don't care um, after that played and it made me very wistful um, and a bit of a, 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 a close to tears I then pulled up this song and it made me a fucking sobbing mess in the car and I woke up this morning and I thought about that and, and I teared up again nothing but infinite sadness fills me but at the same time I know his movies will always comfort me and that I mean he left a legacy for all of us じゃあ BANGARANG